was Uncle Rhino and a sexy freakalicious taken from his latest album Voices in My Head. You are tuned into the Whiskey and Cigarettes show in the company of your Cabacus Nova, Remove the Rodeo, and the Italian Dijonek. And my people, it's truly an honor and a pleasure to welcome the show today, the one, the only, Uncle Rhino. Hey, Rhino, how you doing today? I'm doing good, brother man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, thanks, Rhino. And of course, I want to thank you so, so much for taking your time out to be a guest on the show today. Oh, you guys are amazing. Uh, you and I have discussed it a lot off camera and off mic, but uh, this time around, I gently came and, and we tracked the first album and I didn't have the army of people going in front of me like in the past. This time it was just me 
and just my wife and my daughter and I was reaching out and introducing myself. You were the first one to reach back. You were the first one to say, I get it. And you were the first one and, and your listeners to say they understood it and they believed in it. And for that, I owe you guys more than you know. I'm so grateful and I'm so appreciative to you and your listeners. Oh, well, we're very appreciative when it comes to you, Rhino, for sure. And I'm glad to be the one of many at this point, you know, uh, loving this great music. And speaking of great music, we just heard, you know, this great song of yours, Sexy Freakalicious. Now, when it comes to the origins of this song, how did it come about? Are there any stories behind this song? Well, I had written another song that I have that's it's going to be upcoming on the third album. It's called This Ain't Your Daddy's Hee Haw. And there was a line in that first verse. It said, you could tell the girl was vicious, totally sexy, freakalicious. And that always jumped out to me as an amazing potential song unto itself. And then one of my dearest friends of 30 years, uh, Grammy nominee, Mr. Brian Austin Cuevas in Nashville, Tennessee, phenomenal producer, incredible guitar player he's just he's just a monster and uh, best part he's a hell of an awesome guy Uh, an amazing human being him and his family and he and I we actually wrote this song 13 years ago and it just we wrote it and we were like man this is so cool but Nashville wasn't where I was back in 2003. Every single thing, every drum loop, every bit of mashup and fusion, everything that is coming out of the top labels, the major labels right now. I had a, the band that I had that I was a part of back in 2003, 2004 was called Abel Kane. And it's still all over Spotify and, and iTunes and all of that. And Abel Kane was an underground experiment. Uh, and everything that is the sound now, 20 years ago, we were doing. We were playing, you know, I was that type of music from Ohio to Phoenix, Arizona. You know, we were playing all over the Southeast uh, from, from Sturgis and, and uh, playing Rocktoberfest and all these, these big outdoor festivals and arenas. Uh, we were doing that across the country and, and opening acts for major artists, both rock, uh, top 40 rock, and uh, with some hip-hop vibes to it, as well as uh, the top build uh, country acts as well, because we slid both ways because of this weird mashup. And that, that was the, that's the running joke right now is, you know, I retired for 15 years, and it was a good thing I did because it gave Nashville a chance to check, catch up. Right. That was the joke. You know, if I hadn't retired, who knows where we'd be right now. <laughs> but but the, the whole point really is that, you know, we took that type of music back then and I had all these things that I wanted to write and I wrote them with my friends or by myself. And there really wasn't a place for it because people had not moved to that point yet where where it was going to be accepted enough. I mean, too many people, you know it, you see it firsthand. Uh, Music is the language between each other's souls. And so, you know, you don't have to speak the same, same even language in other countries. They love what we do because good people see good people. 
And people who love good music, they love good music. I don't care what culture it originated with. And so that's that's what I'm doing and, and what I was trying to do back then. But I found myself always outnumbered. Now, that's the mantras. You know, I don't I don't do the country music. People say, do you do country? And I go, well, what country? You know, I'm doing we, we do American music for the world because the everywhere in the world influenced what created American music. Yep. That's, that's very, very true. And uh, I think you can definitely hear it on this particular album. I think there's so many different influences and that's why I think it's so relatable, why people are loving it so much. And it's amazing how ahead of, uh, you know, Nashville you were at the time. And I'm so glad you know that this album is finding out for us all to enjoy. And speaking of said album voices in my head, how would you describe this album? What are people getting with this comeback of yours, let's say? Well, the standard format, we have, you know, I, and I still refer to that because, guys, I'm from a different time when you actually had albums. You know, I'm old enough to remember the 70s and the 80s where you had an album and the first song was the beginning of the journey. And you took a journey, no pun intended, all the way through till the end and you were ready to hear the first one again that was that's what music was made of it wasn't everything wasn't meant to be a single but it, everything was meant to complement each other it was a true multi-piece multi-part work of art and that's what music was supposed to be it's not just supposed to be a a little um a little recent another recycled beat of something you've heard a hundred thousand times with a mathematic formula that people can't even remember why they did it in the first place. They just started doing it because so-and-so did it and he had a bunch of success. So it was cool and everybody copies it and it becomes a parody of itself. That's what ha has happened now with the banjo loops and the, and the drum loops is people don't even know why they're doing it anymore. And you'll never know why you're doing it. Uh, it you know, you'll never understand why it's not effective when you don't understand why you did it in the first place. And I did it in the beginning because nobody else was. And that's what I do now. I write what I don't hear. I don't chase the format as a, if, and I'm just a writer, but if I'm going to be an artist, then I need to be someone who makes the format. I don't need to be someone who chases it because the beaten path has been beaten to death. People can hear the same old, same old anywhere. People want and deserve to hear something new and fresh to push the rules, to push the limits, to push, push, push something new, something fresh, while still falling backwards every now and then and paying homage and respect to the shoulders that we all stand on, the music greats who came before us. I will fall back and revisit tradition because we would have nothing now if it wasn't for those who came before us. Very well said. You know, of course, yeah, you build on top of, you know, what was what was done before and you, you know, innovate and such. And I think that's what a lot of folks appreciate about you and your music. And speaking actually of something else I'm sure a lot of folks appreciate is the artwork that, uh, you know, grace the singles of these songs, these gorgeous women. And I will definitely say that the artwork is very inspired and beautiful. And in your mind, what makes a woman sexy? When she can see herself as a one-of-a-kind masterpiece, one in eight billion. You know, people will stand in lines at a museum 
so that they can stand in front of a moldy old piece of oil painting art that's brilliant, but it, that's it. It's some the masterpiece is actually the one who created it. And for me, that's how I see people. And we'll stand in line to go stand and look at a painting, but we'll walk right past each other on the street every day. And that's a missed opportunity. And as far as women go, they're the greatest of us. Uh, men, I heard it said once, men build civilization. Women build life. Women are the origin of, of all that makes us good. You know, and they, they should see themselves that way as the the keepers of dreams, the keepers, because I know my mother and my wife, both of them are phenomenal women and my beautiful, amazing daughter. All three of these women are the greatest beings that I've ever had the honor to share moments of my life with. My mother was my first best, best friend. Uh, that was my mother. And uh, she's the one that taught me to dream, that taught me to reach for it. That's power. And then my, my wife, who is the amazing willow in my life, she can bend in ways and endure and, and continue to have that in, internal strength and fortitude to get up and push forward again. And she's an inspiration by herself. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is the amazing little uh, dreamer. I nicknamed her Hurricane early on in life because she is. She's a little Tasmanian devil. And uh, she is as beautiful. Uh, my daughter is, uh, is the best of all worlds. She's biracial, my daughter. And uh, she is uh, not raised to be a person of this color or that color or any color. She's My daughter's being raised to be a good person. She's not uh, a person, you know. And that's, that's the thing. She sees people through that lens. And that's one of the, and I give huge props to my wife. As much as daddy's like to take all the great credit when your kid's amazing, mama gets the big props because she does the day-to-day -day heavy lifting more than I ever did. And, and uh, that's, that's the best way it's to, to wrap up what you asked me. What makes a woman sexy? When she, re when she realizes that she's a one-of-a-kind masterpiece, there'll never be another her. She's amazing. She's beautiful. She has the opportunity to either wreak havoc and destruction or to bring healing and peace and power to whole masses of people who are about to give up. Women have incredible power like that. And uh, to me... <laughs> That, that is the most beautiful, awe-inspiring, fierce kind of sexy that there ever was, is that of a woman. That's very, very well said indeed. I couldn't have put it better myself. So you're quite the, quite the philosopher as well as being a great singer-songwriter is our Uncle Rhino, folks. And uh, when it actually comes to you, you know, you're looking at yourself, you know, you're a man of so many talents. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Wow. Um. I don't have a pause because I'm going down this big, long list of things. <laughs> That's not why. This is a new question. I've never been asked that. Um, uh, I think my favorite thing 
is to be able to quickly identify what makes someone epic Mm. and either uncover that for them to see for the first time or to reintroduce them to it when they have forgotten. I think that's my favorite trait. And it's a great gift. I will say very well answered. I will say. And uh, when it actually comes here to when you're not doing music and, and such and stuff like this, do you collect anything? Are you a collector of stuff or do you have any other hobbies outside of music? Um, mostly everything for me, uh, there's never enough time. None of us, the listeners, you, none of us, we, I think we'll all agree. We just don't have enough time guys. So if I could collect something, I would like to collect more moments with my wife and daughter. Uh, right now we do a lot of stuff together, but with, uh, with work and, and everything that's involved with this, it's real easy even for me to sometimes forget and just take a beat and say, you know, guys, let's go to the park. You know, let's, let's do something simple. Let's just go for a walk. You know, it's uh, and part of the, the curse that we have, like for me is everything that is in my office is in my head. So you can't really leave that. It goes with you wherever you go. And so you're always formulating something or trying to solve some enigma somewhere that's been a a plague on a process so you know it's always you can be anywhere and have the epiphany and then it tries to pull you right back into work and so it's really hard uh as far as collecting anything i've got a few guitars that mean different things to me um one of my guitars uh, I had when I moved to Nashville in the beginning and I never dreamed uh, there were certain songs as a youth that you listen to that inspire you. They're your favorite songs. You love them. One of which was Forever and Ever Amen, uh, Randy Travis. Uh, I was a 16-year-old boy and I would. there was this girl I really liked and I would stand in her driveway and I would sing to her, you know, I'm going to love you forever, forever and ever, amen. You know, I would sing that to her because I knew all the words to that one. And I really liked Randy Travis. And apparently she really liked me when I sang. So it was a win. And she was cute, boy. She was something else. And uh, I was 16 and she was 15. So that's an example of the music that pulled me into music, right? Right. So flash forward to 93, I'm in Nashville. I've been playing bars and everything else in the big honky-tonks. And uh, even some of the old school chicken wire clubs that had the chain link and chicken wire around the stage, all the people would get to drinking and think they were a starting pitcher for the Red Sox. They'd all just start throwing beer bottles. That was the norm, people. You learn how to strum a guitar and get moves like Jagger. You know, you can duck and dodge, baby. But we, uh, all this goes on. You know, remember that one moment, though, when I was 16 and she was 15. I took her on her first date. And uh, 
then uh, went through all the other up through 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, you know, life kind of took everybody in different directions. Uh, I ended up moving to Nashville, get my first publishing deal. The guy who signed me to my first publishing deal, his name was Don Schlitz. And the song that he wrote was Forever and Ever Amen. That's wow. one of them. And he and I began to write uh, every couple of weeks. We would write together. Okay. Um, this guitar that I took with me, we would, people like that, who I listened to their work when I was just a kid in East Texas or in Louisiana, when I got to Nashville, it had to be somebody who had written something that really, really inspired me and moved me. That's one. And number two, we had to sit across the table from each other and write a song together. If we met that criteria, uh, they signed my guitar before I left. So this one old Washburn guitar I have is covered with incredible signatures. Charlie Daniels, uh, Don Schlitz, uh, Eddie Money, um, Melba Montgomery, uh, Albert Lee, the incredible British lead guitar player who was just a beast. Um, all these amazing people. Uh, Sharon Vaughn, who wrote her very first song she ever wrote was My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys. I mean, wow, for a first song you ever wrote. Come on, man. You know, and uh, I had all these guys sign the guitar. And uh, that, that's some poetry, man. You can't even make that kind of stuff up for a movie, right? Exactly. So how cool is that? In the update, as far as the girl, I didn't leave her standing in the driveway. A uh, little update for everybody. We've been married now. It's, that was 36 years ago. And we, she and I have been married for 24 years and have our amazing daughter together. So I still am going to love her forever, forever and ever. Amen. Well, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. Fantastic how everything, I guess, you know, comes together is, is, is just in, in amazing. And, you know, you've mentioned, you know, how uh, you know, the great rapport you have with your wife and, and with your daughter. When it comes to you as a child, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your child self to do differently if you could? There's a fine line between having initiative and determination and trying to force something. Uh, religious people say, Shh, be still, you know, uh, the Eastern philosophies say, be the leaf on the wind. Uh, there, and, and the answer is yes, they're all right. All of them. Um, I have a fierce, uh, Scott Irish <laughs> determination. When I decide to do something, the wall will fall. That's just how it is. But the, that's not necessarily the best way to do it. Um, I have found over time that if you allow, pull a line from Obi-Wan, if you allow the force to move through you instead of trying to dictate the trajectory of the force, um, you will find an alternate pathway that often will surpass what your highest expectations were for your original plan. And uh, I'm just kind of, I'm learning to let things manifest like that. Trust in the quality of people, trust in the quality of work, and and just believe in that. And everything that we're doing, whoever's listening to this right now, 
you know, you guys are irreplaceable. You're incredible. You're, you can make such an incredible difference with whatever you choose to do. If nothing else, let this old guy inspire you because people say, you know, that, that was why I stepped away from music in the beginning is it was, it was very traumatic. Here we are at the pinnacle. I mean, rocking these massive arenas. I, I played Fenway Park in Boston with just one guitar hanging on my back. I walked out there and played with 55,000 of my closest friends when my mother had been diagnosed with cancer. I had her, they flew her up and had her sitting with Babe Ruth's great granddaughter to see the whole spectacle. And my mother got to see uh, all the skyscrapers, the massive, incredible, beautiful skyline of Boston, Massachusetts. They had the, office lights lit up at, at night and down the side of every skyscraper, it was spelling out cowboy up. It was spelling out my song <clears throat> on the side of every one of these buildings. And it was just incredible. And you think that that's what gives you meaning. You think that's what's incredible. But when I took care of my mother and when my wife took care of my mother and and, and we'd lost my youngest brother right before all of that in a car wreck and several other deep cuts to our family losses. You realize that that's not what made you special. That's not what made you important. It's the people who love you are the ones who make you incredible and special and unique. And I did not completely realize that until I was having to say goodbye one service at after another and it just it shook me and it it broke me down inside and so that's the reason i had to step away because i didn't see what was the point i didn't see what was the point and i fought it and i raged and i screamed and stomped and i prayed and i cussed when i prayed and i was just full of fury and it wasn't had nothing to do with music it had to, everything to do with life. What is the point? And then it hit me. We are so beautiful because we are so temporary. And that is our automatic excuse to be epic. Before we're gone, you have the opportunity to be epic. You, me, everyone who's listening right now, we are born to be epic. And nothing less is, is worthy of the time that we're here. We are incredible. And not every ripple becomes a tsunami, but every tsunami started with a ripple. And so this, it took me all of this time to get this through my head because I'm a little thick. I'm a slow. I'm a simple guy. So my wife and daughter kept trying to urge me to, to whisper out music again. They kept trying to get me to write again. And I just didn't see a point in it. And then when I had that realization, why not? That's the answer to every question, why not? And so right, I happened to be coming right to that, that way of thinking right when I got the call, when the, you know I got put into contact with Billy uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. And then 
you know, everything just started opening up. Uh, so much of the walls that keep us from being epic, we build ourselves. So I just tore them all down, tore everything down. I'm 52 years old. I'm I'm ugly and I'm hairless. Uh, what was it? Uh, I'm ugly and I'm hairless. So that that qualifies to me to be like a a Paris Hilton dog. So you know I'm going to be expensive, right? <laughs> so so basically, <laughs> you know why not? You know everybody's chasing catchphrases or or some little dance beat or something, and that's phenomenal. There's a place for that. But there's a whole nother universe of music that we haven't been touching. And there's a lot of people who are trying to. And so I want to, in my travels, if I find them, I want to help them. I want to tell them what I learned and maybe they can start doing it sooner than I did. You know, um, uh, I want to, I want people to be able to relate. And as a writer, my ultimate goal on my best day, I want to have the honor to contribute at least a small part of the soundtrack to your favorite memories. That's what I'm writing for. Every one of these songs are for you. Everyone. I didn't get in this because I was going to try to be rich. I've done all that business, you know, and, and that's just, it leaves you feeling burnout. It leaves you feeling like you don't make a difference. You know, I, I forgot everything I had actually done until uh, the interviews that I did for MSN kind of woke all the memories back up. And I was like, holy crap, I've been busy. You know, I'm the, I was the busiest retiree you ever met, I guess, you know. <laughs> and so, so this go around, we don't have anything to prove. Anybody that needs to know it already knows. it. You know, this is all about the people one-on-one, -on -one, talking to the people, saying, hey, man, I appreciate you. Hey, man, thank you for coming out. Did you dig that? Oh, yeah? You liked it? Was that cool? My man, that's what this is about. Well, very, words love that indeed. I have to say, this interview has very, been a very transformative experience thus, thus far. And everyone, thank you for that, uh, Rhino. And speaking actually of uh, today, now, you know, 2023, we're literally you know, smack in the middle of the year. What are the objectives that you've set yourself uh, for this year and that you'd like to see realized by the time the year is over? Well, all right. So we only planned originally on doing one album. And it just flew together and dropped April. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it was in April of this year. And that was the voices in my head. Um, we hadn't even cooled off the muzzle of the proverbial sonic cannon there till we dropped. We're about to drop the second album in July. And that one's going to be called New West. And it is incredible. Uh, so I am just telling you guys, uh, I'm, I drive up and down the road and listen to it. And I'm just like, we did that. I mean, it's so <laughs> cool. It's so cool. And uh, we've continued to grow our, our team, our tribe, uh, bringing in more people from different music styles and backgrounds. Some of the same people who were with us, the core group in the beginning on Voices in My Head. And then it continues 
you know, we had DJ uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jerome, who uh, mixes sound at Heaven Studios uh, up at, uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, that's at Royce 5-9 and Eminem Studio, uh, the hip-hop stars. Um, he works with them. They, they got it. Uh, simultaneously, uh, I was introduced to Jason Parfait down in New Orleans and South Louisiana. <laughs> and uh, Jason Parfait is absolutely incredible. Uh, he's in the horn. He plays horns and they have the horn section that travels with Harry Connick Jr., who I'm a huge fan, has the big band music, incredible music. And um, anyhow, those guys went in and laid down tracks on uh, Sicario and Meat on Her Bones. Uh, did funny. That's one of the songs that we have coming out on New West is a song called Meat on Her Bones. I like a woman with some meat on her bones. And uh, big band. It's killer. And uh, Sicario, I think I sent you a sample of that. I mm -hmm. think you heard yep. Sicario. Um, that is such a Latin fusion with a little sprinkle of hip hop and a lot of South Louisiana and Mexico. It's all kind of intertwined. And you can't really tell where one genre starts and the other one stops. And that's what I love about what we do is Ray Charles, the blind, incredible icon who on paper, the man was blind, but he saw better than all of us because back then in his day, when everything was extremely segregated, he would tear down walls and he would cut country songs and everything else. And he caught a lot of flack from his people but he would tell them, music's music, baby. Music's music, baby. That's what he would tell them. And and I've adopted that. I did way back 20 years ago. If, if I'm building a mansion that I'm going to call music, then there is no room for walls. No room. I am tearing down all the walls and everything from, from blues to... Uh, polka to swing to jazz to rock to hip hop to country uh, zydeco music South Louisiana uh, Latino music all the different flavors of that everything can free flow and it'll coalesce the way it wants to and I quit forcing it I sit back and let it come together it goes back to that philosophy I let it happen and I quit trying to dictate and that's where we're getting all of our magic well, and it's definitely working. And for those who want to find out more about you and your music, Rhino, where can, where can, uh, where should we send these folks to? Well, the website, we have the link tree set up at, at unclerhino.com. And that's uncle, R-Y-A-N-O, Ryano.com. Uh, and of course, up in the profile section, you find the link tree, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and I'm answering all the messages myself right now. So that's a full-time job. I think we're approaching 15,000 followers now on Instagram. And that's in like five weeks since we uh, created the page, we're creeping up on 15,000 followers and uh, meeting a lot of amazing people. Um, I was asked to set in on a hip hop radio show the other night, which I uh, graciously accepted by all these beautiful, incredibly talented young people. And I went and I sat in, they wanted me to critique and listen. And 
And I have trouble critiquing. I can, I can give feedback, but I don't like the concept of critiquing. Uh, I don't think anything is bad. I think there's opportunities that you nail, and then there's other things that were a miss. But this is probably why it missed, and this is where we can retool it and come back bigger, meaner, stronger, harder. You know, and I, I was, uh, I was really pleased. You know, they were, it was about a thousand of them in the room uh, on this chat, and they were all talking on the mic and stuff, and. That when they asked, me, they asked me to speak, I didn't know how it was going to be received because you've got all these people. The oldest ones were probably 30, 32 years old. And uh, I just began to speak. And when I did, it went totally silent. And then the chat just exploded because I touched them. They, they, were, they were amazing kings and queens. They had humility and respect. And their hearts were open and they heard what I said and they received it. And the love that they sent back to me was just incredible. So I was, I was very pleased and it's been a great experience so far. Oh, fantastic. And, and, and that sounds like quite an experience indeed. And speaking, I guess, at this point about community and, you know, and being, I guess, a, you know, a group and everything else, we're going to be seeing you out here with another fantastic song of yours, which will be Song About Us. Now, when it comes to this one, any stories behind this great song? Yes, sir. Uh, one of my dearest friends who I'll ever have in this life, a man by the name of Nick Pulley, incredible guy. Um, I lost him way too young at 53 to pancreatic cancer. And I wrote this kind of as a one-on-one -on -one conversation between me and every single one of your listeners. This is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between us. And basically it's the human condition. You know, every one of us has been on top of the world. We've been the king or the queen of the world. And then that's like you get up every morning and you're like, yeah, I am a boss and I'm fixing to rock this world. And then the very next day, you know, you can be like, I, I can't even do pants today. I just don't have it. I, I can't even get both legs in a pair of pants. I'm just I just want to throw the covers over my head. And, you know, we have amazing introductions into our life. We have very sad departures that shake us to the core. Um, we have gifts that we share. Uh, we have gifts that are given to us. Uh, from the young to the old, we learn from all of them. Uh, like I said, we've been the king and we've been the scapegoat for somebody at some point, somehow. Mm -hmm. And it's the human condition. And I did not write this to be the song about me. This is the song about us. Very, very well put indeed. Well, we're going to be going into this awesome song. This will be Uncle Rhino and the song about us. Rhino, I want to once again, thank you so, so much for your time. I truly appreciated it. And of course, I want to wish you continued success with your career and all the very best for 2023. Thank you, my brother. We shall succeed together. You're part of this tribe. You're not going anywhere. We're just going to keep on keeping on.
Oh, you betcha. I have no intention of leaving anytime soon. Well, people, you heard it from the amazing Uncle Rhino. Be sure to check him out for you to do so. He is definitely worth your time. He has a new album out there, Voices in My Head. Be sure to pick that up. He has the great song of it. This will be Song About Us. You are tuned into the Whiskey and Cigarettes show with your Italian Dijonek. We'll be right back after this. Song about 